It's the 10 to 1 Podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Lokes. And here's the podcast. <laughs> How'd I do? <laughs> Why is it weird? <laughs> Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> Guys, because uh, uh, you always make fun of Brad so much every time he does it, and you were terrible. <laughs> Why was so it so bad? <laughs> it's the turn to. Oh, you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> I'm in your head now. Oh, you are. Uh, right. well, hey, guys. It's, it's a 10 to 1 podcast. Yeah, Brad Six. So Brad, it's, Brad. Just, it's just Ben and I tonight. It's a shit show. <laughs> we're not, by the way, it sounds like we've been drinking. We are stone sober. It just this, We're just kind of slapsticking because there's no Brad to rein us in. Uh, no angry Brad being angry at us all the time. It's just happiness here. So at the end of the episode, Brad is going to chime in. Uh, he did pre-record a few things, but he is literally on, well, we're not going to say death's door, but it sounds like it. He's, he's he sounds terrible. He's really under the weather. So and he just got back from the Utah. He's yeah. a Ute. Uh, and we recorded our other podcast, Go Flix Yourself. He got through that one, and and by the end of that, woof, yeah, he was like, I gotta go, boys. So uh, the ten to one podcast. It's a, a Saturday Night Live review podcast. Uh, we talk about the latest episode. Nate is usually the host. I don't want to let him host. Go for it, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the ten to one podcast, everyone. Glad to have you. Uh, we are on the forty eighth season. This tonight we're going to talk about the eighth episode. Steve Martin and Martin Short. Uh, Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Chevy Chase hosted the show together on December 6, 1986. But that was the last time these two hosted together. So it's been, you know, our whole almost our whole lifetime before these guys hosted. 35 years? Wow. Yeah. So uh, here we have these two people, um, comedy legends. I don't think they're inviting Chevy Chase back anytime soon. Probably for good reason. <laughs> back. And I'm just so excited. So... Steve Martin has hosted before many, many times. Many people think he was actually a cast member. He was never a cast member. He's just hosted, what, 17, 18, 20 times? Uh, well, no, it, it, they did it in the monologue, right? He has yep. hosted 13 times, I believe it was, in the in It the was monologue. just He's just hosted a ton. And in some prominent Christmas episodes, he's done sketches that have been on Best Of before. So. He hosted four times uh, from like 76 to 80. And then it took him like another twenty years, but then he hosted the the next like nine shows in like the two thousands and 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 beyond. So uh, it was one of those things where back in the day in the seventy six or eighties, every year you had multiple people hosting, sometimes twice a year. Yeah, uh, that's just kind of how it was. And and the show has obviously evolved to now just people that are really in the news, noteworthy, big big stars, uh, and they do it. You'd be very very special if you host once a year. Yeah, you know, there was a, a thing on one of the Facebook groups for SNL that w- that I'm a part of. And people are like, uh, SNL must be failing because they're not bringing in big big guests anymore. And I thought, I think that's just a sign that you're getting really old. Exactly. They're just not, <laughs> why don't they play popular music yes, on the radio exactly. anymore? It's like, okay. Because Jack Harlow is like one of the biggest guys exactly. in the world. I'm sorry that Duran Duran hasn't been on in a while, Grandpa. <laughs> so no, these are the biggest stars in the universe on SNL. Now, week by week. Now, our other podcast, if you listen to um, Go Flix Yourself, you know we play some games on there and we like to quiz each other. I do have a quiz for Benny. Uh, Martin Short was a cast member in season 10, 1984 through 1985. Yeah, the, the Dick Ebersol years. Yeah, the last Dick year, Ebersol year. Um, so he was also a cast member on SCTV. And he hosted on December 6th, 1986, December 7th, 1996, and December 15th, 2012, and now December 10th. All right. So who else was in that cast in 1984 and 1985, the year 10, when he was there? 
Do you remember? Or th- I let will me see guess, if you can guess. Any, uh, yeah. Charles Rocket. No. Okay. How about uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus? Correct. That is one. Yes. And how about uh, John Lovitz? No, uh, John Lovitz. Actually, this whole cast got fired or left. See, and, and John Lovitz started the year next, gotcha. the next year. Because yep. I thought that maybe there close. was yep. some crossover, but the, the, you're nope. saying that the entirety of the cast, yes, was just yep gonzo in the history of snl the next year lauren came back sure and why wouldn't you just get rid of every house yeah i got you um yeah no i mean i could probably go and i I can name bore you to death here uh, to try but yeah no who else was on that cast all right so it was martin short jim belushi Uh, robert downey jr nope damn billy crystal Okay. Mary Gross had not heard of Mary Gross. Christopher Guest also was a writer. So yep. the great Christopher Guest. I actually, I'm going to admit, I did not know Christopher Guest did a season on SNL. It's one of those things where if you would have told me, I would have been like, true or false, I, I could do 50 50. I, yeah, I didn't remember that. I didn't know that. Now, Rob Reiner did a lot of shorts back in the day yep. on SNL. And so is that where they met? Maybe. Probably. You know? I'm going to say yes. It's, it's amazing how many <laughs> people had interactions with SNL for a season or two back sure. then that just became huge. Again, stars. like Robert Downey Jr., right? Yep. Tangentially related to the show. Maybe the the highest paid actor you know ever now with the with yep. his, his Marvel deals. Yep. And then Julia Louis Dreyfus with Seinfeld. I mean, just yeah, rocket ships. Uh, R- Rich Hall, Gary Kroger, Harry Shearer, Pamela Stevenson. A side note: not a cast member, but a writer of that season, Larry David. There you go, and did the thing that he did on Seinfeld, where Costanza quits his job and then just shows back up like nothing happened. That is a real story that happened to Larry David on Saturday Night Live. He said, fuck it, I quit, and then he regretted it, and he just showed back up the next week. It was like like nothing happened. For you SNL history buffs, that was the 84-85 season when Martin Short, the only year he was a cast member of SNL. Would have been uh, the Ed Grimley year. Yep. Yeah, and he brought Ed Grimley over from SCTV. Yeah. All right, let's get to this episode. Uh, Martin Short, Steve Martin hosted this. Cold Open, Blocking It Out for Christmas, written by Colin Jost, Ken Sublett, and Allison Gates. A group played by Keenan Thompson, Cecily Strong, Ego Nawodum, Bowen Yang, and Sarah Sherman shares how they keep their cool during the holiday season. I love this for a cold opening. It was still slightly political, um, or at least cultural. Um, it touched on some things that I thought were very funny about Elon Musk, these kind of things. But there wasn't silly political impressions. No, I, I, anytime they're going to get away, right? We, we talk about, listen, people li- listening to this podcast probably are just sick of us saying it. Yep. Stay away from the cold opens that are political, and you're going to do just fine. Until and we are political people. Exactly. We actually enjoy politics. But, 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 but they're not very good at it these days, so stray away, and this is fine. It didn't, this wasn't an all-timer or anything, nope. but it got the point across, and, and there's there were, some good harmonies. And there were, yeah, and there was enough, uh, uh, there was enough, like, uh, uh, aggressive comedy. Yeah, there, there were some lines that really made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bo and Yang, I think, said, uh, what was it, and Hitler, since when did Hitler come back? <laughs> yeah. Hitler should never come, come back. back. Yeah. And then, uh, 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 Keenan, uh, Keenan's, uh, <laughs> and why are his news fans black? Yeah, like, it's so. Uh, it's, it's, so, like, again, that is a political commentary, that is cultural commentary, but it wasn't in a Fox News opener, exactly. right? Uh, Judge Janine Pirro did not yell at us. So I thought it was clever. Again, not probably going to be a, a an all-timer on the Christmas episode season or anything like that, uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was creative. Anytime you write a song like that, it, it was kind of... um. 
Uh, it kind of reminded me of uh, was it Santa's my boyfriend? Yeah, uh, a little bit like that. So <laughs> yeah, uh, they do a good job of kind of feeling the pulse of America right now, yep. and they really that came out like yeah, we're just we're gonna just bottle it all up. Just Elon Musk, holidays. why does he get to own all the things? Yeah, right. Which a question we've all asked, right? Exactly. Why does he get to own all? Why, the why that one? Why that yep. guy? All right, moving on. Monologue written by Mike Desenzo, Jake Norblin, and Brian Tucker. Returning hosts Steve Martin and Martin Short reminisce on their previous years hosting and appearing on Saturday Night Live and read the eulogies they wrote for each other. Uh, and there was a surprise guest uh, appearance by Selena Gomez. I called that. You did. Martin Short is one of the greatest riffers of all time. All time. He is just so funny. I could have heard them do this thing that they were doing in the monologue all episode, and that was all the episode was, and I would have been ecstatic. Yep. They're so, so talented, and they've been working together for so long. They're dear friends, you can tell, you right? Can, they jump in on each other as needed, and my God, there's. Uh, we'll see a little bit later on the episode where things things go a little harebrained uh, slightly, and they kind of recover, and not a lot of people can do that. And so this was a good uh, kind of... Uh, if you've never seen Steve Martin and Martin Short, maybe some people that were tuning and they're in. touring in 2023. Yeah, so oh, my parents I would love to go see him. Yeah, would, would love to go see him, and so would I. Yep. Um, the crazy part is, you know, Steve Martin back in the 70s was selling out Madison Square Garden. Unbelievable. I mean, he, he's performed for for thousands and thousands of. Con- he should have peaked in the 70s, and yet he's had this illustrious career and done everything under the and sun. Never really dipped either, no. right? I mean, he's just stayed just a solid guy. If he dipped at all, it was because he wanted to dip, like he wanted to. Enjoy his he went life. away in like the late 2000s to do banjo shit. Yeah, because then, he wanted yeah, to. <laughs> it, it was so, yeah, so I don't know. I just I got I have the ultimate respect for him uh, from from uh, stand up to movies to sketch comedy uh, to writing. Uh, he wrote Shop Girl. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he plays banjo. The guy is just a multitude of talent. We've heard from listeners of this show and, and our other show that one of the things they like is again we make fun of each other a lot on this show. We do. Uh, we make fun of each other. Uh, we make fun of the people that come and guest host our other podcast. But we genuinely love each other, right? Of course, we man. do. Um, and people can hopefully see that. I think it takes a skill to do that, and they do this so well where they can actually make some really funny jokes at the other's expense. I mean, the eulogy stuff was yep. freaking brilliant. It was so funny. I, I rewound it and watched it twice, and I normally don't do that with monologues. I'll just let the show play, but I rewound it and watched it again. It was that good for me. I love the monologue. Yeah, me too. Moving on, Science Room with Steve Martin and Martin Short. This is a sketch that they've done before, the Science Room sketches. Uh, they had done it in January 13th, 2018 with Sam Rockwell. Uh, they did it in January 25th, 2020 with Adam Driver. Where they peaked. Yeah, and then they did it with in October 23rd, 2021 with Jason Sudeikis. I thought that was pretty good. That's, that's decent. Um, so two teachers, played by this time Steve Martin and Martin Short, attempt to teach a science lesson with the help of their junior volunteers, Cecily Strong and Mikey Day. This is written by Mikey Day, Streeter Seidel, Rosebud Baker, and Cecily Strong. So again, they've done this before. It's a formula that's familiar to us. Uh, they, It's a lot of, you know, they play off the humor of confusion, but also, again, of adolescence a little bit. What did you think of this? So Adam, the reason Adam Driver was so brilliant in this role is that his frustrated escalation where he physically threw something peaks the, the sketch yep. and, it, and it can't be topped in my opinion Sudeikis did a pretty good job but that was the perfect version of this sketch was when Adam Driver did it because he was so frustrated and it was so funny to see him like act the way he did it losing his mind Steve Martin and Martin Short didn't quite get to that level of losing their shit completely but it was it was still funny it just it didn't 
so, when Bailey and I sat down, my girlfriend and I sat down to watch this, and the science room, the 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 card comes up, and she goes, "Okay," because we all know how good it can be, and so it sets the bar pretty high. So, do you need a a serious actor like Adam Driver? To do this well, do you think? Whenever Steve Martin and Martin Short are on the screen, I'm waiting to laugh. <laughs> right, right. Right. Um, whereas Adam Driver, I don't have that as much. He, and Adam Driver is a great host. Oh, no, exactly. But, but it comes from the unexpected, though. Exactly. Right? And you were, you, we and, all talked about that all the time where comedy is what's unexpected. And if you're expecting to laugh at Steve Martin, you might not be expecting to laugh at Adam Driver and thinking that the other two in the sketch are going to exactly. be the reason for and they play, And Adam Driver can play a serious frustrated person better yeah. than Martin I did Short like can. the fact that there were two teachers this time so they got to, to play off each other a little bit and, and still have that vibe that Steve Martin and Martin Short have and there were a couple of pretty funny lines yep, between there was. them yeah. it, it wasn't a bad sketch no, it not wasn't at all. the best version no. of this sketch that we've I, seen overall I'm glad they did it though because it was still fun to watch yeah. there was another little thing that bothered me is at the end where uh, I think Steve Martin goes to choke somebody uh, choke Mikey Day and he doesn't really choke him yeah. but like commit to that yep. like you could commit to a better choke I know and it, and, it, it takes it's a it. silly thing no, I know to be though. like but it took me out of it I'm like oh come on choke him <laughs> like, <laughs> commit to the bit man yep, yep. yeah alright next uh, hey Brad what'd you think he's dead okay he died Please Don't Destroy, uh, Chelsea, written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. Two guys find themselves in a bad situation with their friend reuniting with his ex-girlfriend. Okay, so the Please Don't Destroy guys, we've talked about this before, about escalation in sketches, that we need escalation if you do the humor right at the beginning, and then there's really just you're playing the same gag or same bit, the rest of it, we'll stop laughing eventually. The Please Don't Destroy guys are masters in escalation. They really are. Uh, and I, I actually really love this. I thought it was hilarious. I knew what was coming to a certain sure. extent, right? You know as soon as the camera pans, there's going to be a new character well, there. And the, the thing is, when uh, when they start this sketch and it's basically, hey, I'm getting back. Or, you know, I, Hey, you you remember my girlfriend, Chelsea? Yeah. And then the, Which I've had a, a kind of, of an experience with that with a friend before. The other two guys on the couch yeah. start talking shit. And of course, because it goes on for more than a <laughs> sentence, you know what's going to happen, right? They're talking so, oh yeah, she's more like a sewage person. Oh yeah, a bag yep. of trash. Yep. You knew what was going to But then to pan and have her be sitting there the yep. entire time that's the first level of, of escalation like we talk about and then of course it just keeps panning and panning and panning and that made it great and it's hard because they start on a steep hill yeah. in the beginning and they just keep driving up the hill and it's hard to do that when they have the absurdest stuff like sarah sherman's real dad yep i mean i lost it man i yep. thought that was so freaking hilarious to do that and to like break the fourth wall and, yep. and I mean, man these guys are really really talented I've had, have you ever had that moment before where a buddy breaks up with a girlfriend and you're like, dude, I didn't like her anyway. Yeah. You're better than her. <laughs> and then like two days later, they're like, yeah, we're going to get back together. And you're like, I don't know what to say to that now. I, and of course, I'm 41 now and I've learned my lesson. You are not. But back in the, back in my 20s, that's what it was. Man, fuck her. Like, no, no. You're going to go and you're going <laughs> to find somebody. She was trashy, by the way, bro. Yeah. She really was. You're so much better and than her. now. You know, I think she liked another guy anyway. There could literally be um, a situation where what, what, they could have been together for 10 years and like, she she punched my mom and she and she threw up on my dog and she ran over my foot and she cheated on me with nineteen guys. And I'm like, oh well, it's probably for the best. You know, you guys are probably you know, hey, 
Let's just focus on you then, you know. And no, <laughs> yeah. no disrespect to her, because in two days when they get back together, yeah. I'm gonna be the one that was like, yeah, no, you, I saw you've it. You've done this enough. I've right? done it. I, oh, man, I've learned. You know, the, forgive me because I don't know the names of all three of them because they're such a like a trio for me. So I don't know the individual names. But at the end, where the one switches over to the couch, got me. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, uh, you're on that side now. Come oh, yeah. on. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it was really good. It's a very good. And I, I have on this podcast. These guys been, are going to be great. I mean, they're oh, going to have course. a. They're going to write movies. They're going to do no, great they're things. They're going to be fine. Uh, as the the one of the three of us on the on this show that has like said, oh, that one wasn't as good as, and then yep. Brad just wants to murder me, and you want to murder me. This I, was, I, I do love the movies. I, this was an, a very high on my list as far as a, a good sketch yep. that they have done. All right. The Holiday Train, written by Ken Sublett and Allison Gates on a train, a group of people played by Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Cecily Strong get really excited to see snow for the first time. It also stars Keenan Thompson and James Austin Johnson. Um, what did you think, Mr. Nate? I want to hear your your opinion on this one. There was a couple things that were funny to me about this. I thought the physical comedy was funny. They were bouncing on a train at different... That, that made me so laugh good. for some reason. Uh, there was the mistake that made me laugh when Steve Martin was so flat that Martin Shore laughs and then like you know cleans out his ear, right? Uh-huh. I didn't love this sketch. I, I thought it was okay. Like, I, I didn't think it was bad. I didn't, so I didn't get it. Even the song, like, uh, we're going to, like, wipe our butts with the snow. I'm like, okay. I didn't get it until I got it right at the end, right? Where where the, the bear thing yeah. happened, and, and it was a very long payoff. Yeah, I watched it, it again so and found long. it funnier the second yeah. time because I knew how it ended. Exactly. I knew the payoff. So it, it was one of those where you do like a slow build to a nice payoff. This was such a slow build that I I lost my interest. You and I was needed like, okay, to know a, a little sketch. more. Yeah. I think in 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 the payoff or in the build. I think you just there was there, there was no actually, hints for those of that have seen. It, I assume you're listening to this and you've seen this. At the end, the payoff is these are bears <laughs> right. and you don't know it. Which is they're just magical so bears and they're weird to me. But at the same time, that made me laugh out loud. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. Yep. But I don't love when the comedy is. Oh, that's what they're. That's why it's funny. Yep. Instead of it just being funny. Exactly. Uh, I, I think Brad probably uh, doesn't share our opinion on that one. I, I think, think he loves this. Yeah, that's a Brad, That's a sketch of Brad loves. Uh, idiot. What, All right. What a dummy that's not here to defend himself. <laughs> what else you were talking about? <laughs> All right. A visit with Santa, written by Ken Sublett and Allison Gates. Things get heated between Santa, played by Steve Martin, and an elf. Played by Martin Short, when kids come to meet Santa. I will watch this every year. Honestly, this was uh, awesome. Awesome. I loved Martin Short forgetting he's on his knees. Um, (laughs) And do you think a lot of this was improv? Yeah, honestly. So I've, I've talked about SNL in Mixed Company before. And somebody will bring up, oh, yeah, and I'm sure that was uh, improv. And I remember what they're talking about. Like, no, you dumbass. Like that, no. It was not improv. That was yeah. written. SNL is not improv. Like it was supposed to be improv. Like, oh, it, they wrote it like it was improv. Yep. This wasn't that. <laughs> they had a couple things tonight where <laughs> yep. they absolutely didn't write that. Because they are gifted improvers. Yeah. And right? it was, <laughs> normally, you would, Lauren Michaels would absolutely not want any of that to happen and to what to what level all of it was improv no of course not but the the they had a direction where they wanted to go in this sketch right they absolutely the line about him uh, you have legs and then he's like i i've i've had him for centuries or whatever it was 
Uh, we've been and, friends all these and, years, and, and we've never noticed. Up Steve Martin messing up uh, sprinkles and Pringles. Uh, <laughs> and that was great because I, I don't think he meant to do that. So that's one of the things where I it's that one sounded like it was scripted. No, I don't think it was. I think he messed that up. See, I, think, I and this is the debate for me. Yeah, is like the sprinkles Pringles thing. No, based on Martin Short kind of laughing. Oh my god, um, that's so good. Is I don't think he meant to do that. Yeah, I think I, it was. It, it it was so played off so well. It's some of the you know so the the premise for those that haven't seen it. Hopefully you have. Uh, I, this is one sketch of this episode you're definitely going to want to see. Martin Short is the elf. Steve Martin's the Santa, and then they're bringing in other cast members to be little kids, and they're asking for different things. And Martin Short is just irritated by them. He's really over it. There's this scene though where. Uh, I mean, Santa basically says, and you're with me, Sprinkles the Elf. Yeah. And he says, uh, yes, it's me, Pringles the Elf. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, did you say Pringles? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I got confused, okay? I, 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 my name's Sprinkles, but I said Pringles. I love Pringles. <laughs> and it was just, it was so quick. And Steve Martin, yes, ended it so well yep. that I just felt like that could no, have I, been scripted. And then somebody asked for uh, Taylor Swift tickets. Say that again. <laughs> I dare you. Then, oh, yeah. No, he's, Taylor Swift. He's, then get a job. <laughs> get a job. <laughs> Martin Short destroyed this sketch. Oh, he just the only it. thing that I didn't. Steve love, Martin really didn't have a ton of comedy in that. Sketch. No, he was Steve Martin played fine. He, he was the straight man. man. But then at the end, he even got aggressive, and I didn't love that turn. Yeah, because I, I really wish that he just would have always been the straight man to Martin Short's crazy. Because he did it really. Oh well. my god, it was so funny. I'm not joking. I was laughing hard. Martin Short's, they're both just so incredible. All right, pre-taped, A Christmas Carol written by Mikey Day and Colin Jost. Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol takes an unexpected turn. Now, as the resident Dickens scholar of this podcast, because I just saw A Christmas Carol performed six times in two weekends because my son was Tiny Tim resident and our, our uh, local production of A Christmas Carol, uh, this actually got me laughing a ton because the lines that they were using the first like minute of this sketch is legitimate or maybe 30 to 45 seconds of it are legitimate Charles Dickens lines from a Christmas yep. Carol. And they're, he's playing them somewhat straight and the Martin short as straight as he can be in the line. So I'm like, Oh wow. I recognize these lines. Cause I've seen this now six times. What day uh, is this? Yeah. This actually had extra humor for me because there's this scene in our local production where the Scrooge character has to throw down a coin to a boy that's supposed to catch it. And in our local production, the boy never caught it. I was going to say, have they ever caught never. it? Never. Um, Did and you so, expect him to? Uh, I mean, it was so funny because I was talking to the Scrooge guy, the guy that in our local production played Scrooge. And he's like, I have to telegraph it. I literally say, and there's a coin, and he shows him the coin, and he like, very slowly, I'm going to throw it down sure. to you. It's a big coin. It is a big coin, and he, he still doesn't catch How it. How old is the kid? Is the, it, Probably 10. If the kid's 15, I'm going, come on. No, he's probably 10. Yeah, uh, I he don't, should still catch it. But No, like, I would never expect a 10-year-old uh, to do it, honestly. But anyway, so that whole thing of them not uh, throwing them down is already a humorous thing for me because we can't do it locally. <laughs> uh, I could have swore Sarah Sherman are, was going to write this sketch. Are you literally, are you at stage day? that comes up and like brings a catcher's mitt next time like here Tyler use the damn mitt if you can't catch it take it again yeah yeah I, I, I talked to the director <laughs> I demand that somebody recast that role if my son's gonna be in this production um, there were no baseball players that tried out 
I would be the kid that probably didn't catch it. I'd be so nervous <laughs> that, with hundreds of people exactly, watching Exactly. It's you, the right? nerves. It has nothing to do with catching it. All of this is true. All of this is a part of Charles oh, Dickens. So All of it's a part of Christmas Carol. And then for me, I thought it was Sarah Sherman that wrote this because it just gets absurd. It gets crazy. And it's so funny. Quick. So funny. I just yeah, love every bit of this. If you haven't I seen this for some reason, it's this. violent as hell. It's it's escalation uh, ad nauseum. I mean, it's, it's and it's crazy. pre-taped, so there's some good effects yeah. in it as well. Uh, the whole idea is, uh, you know, Scrooge is throwing down coins to go get the big turkey to this kid, and the prize turkey, and the coin hits him in the eye and blinds him. He throws another one, it blinds him again. It's basically raining shrapnel yep. instead of coins. Nobody can catch these coins. My but favorite one. Violent. My favorite scene is when he flips it down. He's like, I'm gonna just throw it on the ground in front of you, <laughs> and it bangs around off some things and hits the crutch of tiny tim to which then he falls down the sewer yeah it's it's just hilarious and, and the townspeople are like they're going or he's he's a madman he's a madman it's such a creative turn on a christmas carol and they did kind of like a normandy beach scene yes you know with the effects where yep. it was all just like raining down from above oh my god he shuts the window at the end and glass comes out and again you 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 hear the screams of the people down there now what did you think about this at the end, sometimes SL doesn't know how to end sketches. No, okay, so they I was, end it with apple pie. I was actually okay with that. So the other time that I liked the, my one of my favorite sketches, all, and I mean this of all time, is the uh, worst inventor of the world, uh, most evil invention uh, with the the rock, and they end it with White Castle, those little uh, tiny sandwiches or whatever. And I was okay with that one as well because they did reference it in the sketch a little bit in that one. Yeah. This one, of course, there was no reference to apple, but that was a decently clever way of of actually Why you stamping do, something yeah, yeah. Pay, pay through your phone because they then, didn't know. need it honestly it could have just faded to black it would have been fine but they it didn't take anything away to add that i thought that was my only criticism is that i didn't think they needed it and it was, that's the thing like did they think that it wasn't enough just to cut to black like it's a funny enough premise to just let it end yeah, I don't know. I'd love to sit around on that. You know, maybe we make it Apple Pay. Maybe Apple had a Charles Dickens commercial that I don't know about. Um, Again, I, I don't know. I, I'm normally the one that learns about this on, on our show, where yeah. you're like, oh, by the way, have you seen the Peppa Pig thing they're talking about? <laughs> like, no, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so maybe there is. And Wait, there's coins in the Dickens? <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Weekend update. Uh, we don't have Brad here. I'm so sad. A weekend update. Anchors Colin Jost and Michael Che tackle the week's biggest news. You can ask like me. Kristen Cinema leaving the Democratic Democratic Party and a woman leaving three buckets of human waste at a police station. Now, Ben, this is a topic that's super relevant to you yep. and where you're at in your life. What do you think of that story of a woman leaving those buckets of human waste <laughs> at a police station? Did that resonate with you on a deeper level? So you asked me this as you as frequent listeners. So this is the question I'm asked every weekend update. <laughs> if I if I like the three buckets of shit, I assume that's joke. why you bought a truck. <laughs> Do we think Brad would have been okay? I with think Brad was probably okay with this one because there was a little level of interaction between the two of them. It wasn't probably the most he's ever seen. Last weekend, he loved them. Um, but I do think there was a little back and forth. I, I also loved, uh, we'll get a little ahead of ourselves, I really love the inside baseball of uh, the Weekend Update character doing Scarlett Johansson's voice. Yes. That was yep. very pointed, obviously. At We'll talk about that. But the level of interactivity uh, with with uh, Jost and the audience this time was huge. Yeah. He was talking back to them a lot. And then Shay was laughing at that. And so I, I'm pretty sure Brad would love that. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was a great weekend. I mean, it they've, was. Been, they've been consistently they've great been on this fire whole this season. Uh, and again, I don't know if this is the case, but Che and Jost aren't the head writers anymore. Uh, they are they are writing more sketches. Uh, I could have done probably without the Brittany Griner. Uh, those are lazy trade jokes. Uh, I didn't really love those as much. No. Uh, I did text uh, Brad while we're recording this right now. He is, again, for our listeners that are just catching up, he is at home dying yeah, uh, of a, whatever illness he has. Yeah, he's, got, he's got the plague. Yeah. But uh, he, I asked and, him. And not COVID, the actual plague. Yeah. Yeah. The babonic. Yes. The babonic kind. The, b- the b- um, babonic. Uh, I said, Brad, do you like Weekend Update? He said, yes, I did, though I didn't like the guest characters were all, or I didn't think the de- guest characters were all that great. We'll get to those. Uh, so he did like Weekend Update. Again, they've been consistent. What hasn't always been consistent is the bits they do during Weekend Update. So let's talk about some of those. Uh, first, let's talk about Marianne Louise Fisher on Holiday Shopping, written by Ego Nowodum, Gary Richardson, and, and new writer Asha Ward, who's their second episode here. Uh, Marianne Louise Fisher uh, stops by Weekend Update to share her holiday shopping tips. I love Ego Nowodum. I didn't love this. There's such a premium on these two very just just peach spots on the show that you, you want to fill them with the two best and brightest things. And this is what it was. It means that maybe it just was a, not a great week for pitching Weekend Update characters because there's just so many out there that, that are I think would be better than this. It, it's not that this was bad necessarily, but it was fine. And and I don't want I, it to I be fine. I wanted to laugh a, a lot harder than I did. And I, I get kind of what they're doing, but the whole like, you know, uh, every raw stressless, that's me. Okay. You know, it's it's kind of funny. I don't know. I and maybe what am I missing? What am I, th- th- that's the thing is, we probably are missing something. We admit that, but there's probably a cultural character or a cultural person here that people resonate with, and they find the humor in there. I just can't. I don't. I, there there was nothing in there that, again, that I found the humor in. And maybe somebody that shops a lot or something maybe gets it. I just didn't. And that that's the danger when you go so connected to a certain person or certain individual that the majority of the people don't understand. Sure. Um, and listen, you can be a very specific person. Uh, Marcelo Hernandez has done that a couple times with his uh, Latino heritage and baseball, these kind of things where you and I might not share in any of that background, but we but still good get. good Lord, that was gut-busting um, laughter. It's so... Th- so you could still do something very specific and invite enough people to laugh into it. I think that the, the one of the funniest bits was when she she gets out the neck brace and she just goes, you know, any anybody can just buy one of these. Like I, I for some reason I thought that was very very funny that it just didn't really go anywhere beyond that. You know, love Ego. I think she's had a great season. Just wasn't for me this yep. one. All right, moving on. Uh, weekend update. Kurt and Deb from Wyoming on rekindling the spark. Written by Rosebud Baker, Mikey Day, Alex English, Chloe Feynman, and Jake Norbin. Kurt and Deb from Wyoming, played by Mikey Day and Chloe Feynman, stop by Weekend Update to share how they keep the spark alive after years of marriage. Was this just a sketch to showcase Chloe Feynman's incredible impression ability? Yes, and here's what I don't understand. These are three impressions she's done a lot on the show. <laughs> yeah, if she had been working on three bangers that we hadn't heard before, and then decided, yeah. to do, oh my god, this she, could have been an all timer. But she's an incredible of impressionist. Right? She brings out three of the most tired impressions she has, and and even though they're great, I've heard her do Drew Barrymore like six times on the show. Yeah, yeah. what was this? The fun part of it was to do Drew Barrymore doing 
uh, orgasmic kind of. The only thing that sold stuff. it was was the level of intensity was there for sure, yep. and how aggressive they both got with each other about yep. it. That there was some humor there for Mikey sure. Mikey Day's character made me laugh a little he bit did. because he was being silly. And, and then like, the, the <laughs> what did he do? Like do the Stewie voice, and he's yeah. like, "Hello, Brian." <laughs> yeah, and then he just but that's says it again. Only thing he Hello, can do. Brian. That yeah. okay? So yes, there, uh, there was him some fun like uh, 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 pinching Colin <laughs> yeah, Jost. And Colin and, Jost like, again, you know, easy. Easy, yeah, yeah, pushed yeah. him out. You know that that fun interaction. You know, you can tell they were having a good time with yeah. this for sure. That that saved this for me a little bit. Is this is like when they were being silly when, uh, when Garth and Cat were on, and, and Garth and Cat yeah. was a really fun uh, version of of, of 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 a sketch like this or a, an update bit like this. But the two performers were having a great time. Ad Bryant and Bone Yang d- used to do one yeah. that was really fun because they had a fun time doing. And Ad Bryant and, and Kate McKinnon. Yep, uh, same um, thing. They, I- as long as they're having a good time, I'm going to watch the it. Bits weren't all that great, yeah. but they were having fun. So you were having fun. But doing I, this one just didn't get to that next level. Yeah, I agree. Chloe Feynman's fantastic at impressions, really good. But there was nothing there. There, I think she did Meryl Streep. I didn't get the Meryl Streep one though. Um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a fine impression. What's the one in the middle? She did the Netflix show. Anna, oh yeah! So uh, they did a whole Anna Delvey, but they, they did a did, whole sketch, which was really funny, right? Uh, they, a pre-tape of so her again, doing that. I don't get it because they've already done it. Yeah, like I felt that was episode. very like recycled there. Yeah, so weird. Uh, moving on, Minky, written by Heidi Gardner, Martin Hurley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. The Please Don't Destroy guys. A talk show host, Minky Carmichael, played by Martin Short, gives his audience relationship advice with Heidi Gardner, Punky Johnson, Sarah Sherman, Ego Noodom, and Cecily Strong. Here's what I loved about this sketch. Martin Short's physical comedy. He's a master at physical comedy. What I here's what I didn't love about the sketch. Everything, Everything else. else. Yeah. Uh, his dancing this? made me Ugh. laugh a little bit. Like I there was know. there was there was a silliness to it. Um what is that? What was the uh, the the Taron Killam uh, weekend update character Jebediah Atkinson? Next. Yep. Yeah. That's all I feel about this. Like I don't care at all. This was just a swing and a miss. I, I did read there were some people that really enjoyed this. They liked the Heidi Gardner aspect of her her drink just constantly spilling. Well, I you know, and as a as a Heidi Gardner, I would just <laughs> stand uh, as a Heidi Gardner stand. Sweetie, I know you're listening. I, I am so sorry <laughs> to say this. I, it was not your best effort as far as the sketch, but you were amazing as always. <laughs> Uh, this felt like what Martin Short would have done back in the eighties a little bit. Like, sure. like I, I just, I didn't connect it to anybody. And then the whole like j- jokes about Martin Short's penis. Um, I, I, I just <laughs> didn't get doing? like, I yeah. mean, I, I, I wanted to laugh cause again, that, that that's humor that I usually laugh at, but I, I just didn't get it. All right. Uh, I think we're going to have Brad talk in a second, and this will be probably his favorite sketch. Father of the Bride 8, written by Chloe Feynman, Heidi Gardner, Jimmy Fowley, uh, Sierra O'Sullivan, or maybe Kara uh, O'Sullivan, and Will Steven. In the eighth part of the Father of the Bride movie franchise, a father, Steve Martin, becomes distraught when his daughter, Heidi Gardner, gets engaged again. And it brings back Martin Short, who is actually in the films. Chloe Feynman as Diane Keaton. And Bowen Yang and cameo appearances by Martin Short, Martin and Short's only murders in the building co-stars, Selena Gomez and Kieran Culkin. Uh, so, I didn't get the Selena Gomez uh, thing. Like Kieran Culkin thing made me laugh a little bit. Um, this but, is to me. I think they were just looking for anything else they could have put Selena Gomez in after the monologue. They were like, oh well, we definitely want to write her into something, and they just landed on this. I, it's kind of how it felt. The premise of 
This was somebody bad. divorced and this remarried. This was very bad. And they're now divorced and remarried a bunch of times and they're looking for dad to like, you know, and and Steve Martin's like, "No, I'm not going to pay for that." Okay, I get the humor of there's, that. There's there's bones here. There's, there's bones. Yeah, here. Exactly. But I, even for Martin and and, and Short, they were off. They just didn't seem all that great. It, maybe like, this felt like they were. This was a replacement sketch. They got tossed in at the at the last. I, minute. I did see on one of the other SNL uh, Twitter threads that I follow that there were, I think, four cut for time sketches. Wow. Uh, so, and I don't know if there's pressure to put this in because again, you you invited Kieran Culkin to the studio. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, you know, like you better use him in the sketch. I don't know. It's just a very strange. Uh uh, missed opportunity, really, because that you've got all this. Like that's the reverse of the Keenan and Kel. Yeah, that was that was awesome for Brad. <laughs> and obviously, it was a little We're bit, a little older, a little that, but. older. But I get it, right? Uh, even though I wasn't a fan of the show, I still I found a humor in that sketch and I thought it was it was very well done. This was just again too many kind of missed marks and like kind of just stuttering and and weird and the accent that Martin Short does that, that the. Uh, um, Higgins comes over, does the yep. voiceover, doing an accent that we think is okay. We're going to say it's okay. That, <laughs> yeah. that was probably the funniest line of the entire thing. Uh, yeah. Just weird. It's just odd because, like I said, I think the premise has humor in it. It just didn't find the And humor. I'm sorry. You cannot make Heidi Gardner look menopausal. You just can't. Okay? She's just a beautiful young woman. Hey. hey. And you cannot make her look. She, she just doesn't. Tone it down. She just doesn't look it. All right, tone it down. All right, and that's it. That was the episode. Um, and I did ask on our Facebook page, if you're following us on our Facebook page or our Twitter, what were some of your favorite sketches and what was some of your favorite uh, or who yours your MVP? So I want to read a couple of those. Uh, Bill Nelson says, if this felt like SNL of a couple decades ago, glorious. Bill really loved this episode. Uh, Becky Crane said, my favorite sketch was the pre-tapes uh, Christmas Carol. It was so funny. It's very good. Joe Wicker said, it was a great to not have a political code open never thought we'd get a father of the bride sketch lol and the spoof of white christmas singing about snow on the train um so if you follow us on facebook or or on twitter let us know what you think of each episode we ask each week and we'd love to read what you think on the podcast let me get to um brad we're gonna we're gonna put this in uh this episode we're gonna cut this in we did ask brad what he thought i'm gonna put it in right now so you can actually hear from sickly boy brad and what he thought of this episode all right, so I'm sick, so I'm just going to record this little tidbit for you guys to react to uh, after you hear all the shit that I have to say. Or I guess you could do it right now since we're just doing this live. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Uh, this goes at anyway, the end of the podcast. True, but you can still react to it as yeah. you're talking and talking. Uh, anyway, this was a pretty great episode with Steve Martin and Martin Short. I don't think it quite hit the highs of Kiki Palmer's episode, unfortunately. Uh, if I were to pick a best sketch of the evening, uh, it would probably be a Christmas Carol or the Holiday Train. Uh, both of those were cracking me up, and the Holiday Train came so early on in the episode. Another instance of the ten to one sketch, you know, being completely out of place. Uh, but cracked me up. And man, I was not expecting the disappointing throwback sketch to be Father of the Bride because holy shit was that sketch terrible. Yeah, it was bad. I, I love the Father of the Bride movies and they I even mostly enjoyed the Netflix thing they did when they were doing Zoom shows, when they did like a, a wedding with all the cast and everyone back together. This was not funny. It was a poor use of the characters. It was lazy. I, I just, it was easily the worst sketch of the night for me. Uh, but overall, I, I really liked this episode. The only sketch I think they came close to being worse than the Father of the Bride sketch was the Minky one. The, 
I, that was that was a tough one to watch. Uh, <laughs> But otherwise, everything else was was really good. I, I especially loved uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short's monologue. So overall, a pretty good episode. Not quite as good as Kiki Palmer. Uh, that's it for me. I'm probably going to go Dino. Who is uh, who's your MVP? I would probably say Cecily Strong. I think she had a really great night. She was in a lot of the the better sketches, uh, and she's just, she's been crushing it lately. She's uh, she's fantastic. All right, he's wrong on most things. As but always, again, man. Uh, ben, what did you think? Let's start with uh, who. What was your favorite sketch of the episode? Sketch of the episode was uh, Santa and the Elf. I mean, Martin Short at his finest. Even when things go wrong with the dialogue and and the, the, their recovery was perfect. I mean, Martin Short just shows you why he. Could you imagine Martin Short doing any other job? Nope. I mean, just any nope. other job. Like, oh, he's just uh, he's a waiter. Nope, doesn't work. He's a he's a, an architect. Nope, he's got to do this. Yep, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in perfect. him. It's he's in him. Perfect. He is he is it. And again, he just has that. So I'm a big Conan O'Brien fan, and I've watched Conan O'Brien show. I listen to the Conan O'Brien podcast. And if you ever want to go back and laugh, like. Go to YouTube and look at Conan O'Brien, Martin Short. Martin Conan O'Brien admits that Martin Short has his funny bone. He just like everything Martin Short does, he laughs. How, at. I mean, how can he not? Um, and if you watch ever, whenever Martin Short was on the Conan, it was just, it was just a master class of. Comedy. Did you watch Jiminy Glick? I didn't. So I'm gonna get you that for Christmas. Okay. Don't don't uh, don't buy it. Don't watch it. I'm gonna buy. I'm just uh, a little foreshadowing here. I'm buying you the Jimmy <laughs> box set because while it didn't, you know, make him a household name anymore, you know, the, there are people that, that love loved, that though. The, I, mean, I it, it particularly hit my funny book. I always thought his it's between two ferns, but it's Martin Short. There are some people that are just good at like riffing, but also. Martin Short can make fun of a person in a way that very it's few a, people can. It's that, a very Don Rickles. It, it is you very. Know, you are you are looking forward to it. Yes, and and you know, and make fun of things that I just I don't have that level to me. Right, that is just and and people consider you and I somewhat funny. I don't have nope. that level. It he, is he just can, so and it's funny. so and it's so quick. It's it, just yes. so quick. <laughs> um, no, that sketch it just it sums up exactly the kind of comedy that I love, and and that was him and and Steve Martin at, at really at the top of their game, even this this many years in, just showing you their back and forth. Just ten out of ten. I just loved it. And again, I I had a debate in in me about what I wanted to pick because I did like a Christmas Carol sketch a lot, and it was a pre tape. But I actually went with what you did uh, because it was a sketch and it was live. And there was something about the live comedy element of it that I really liked. And it felt very SNL for me. Um, not that pre-tapes aren't because, again, I love pre-tapes as well. Uh, which, ironically, as we talked earlier, um, you know, one of the things that they did before Lauren Michaels came back was they wanted to move to almost all pre-tapes. Wow. They, they wanted to just be a pre-taped show. Um, and so <laughs> Saturday night. Not live. Yeah, like, exactly. It, they didn't think they needed to be live. Um, but uh, uh, so I still like live sketch yeah. comedy, even though I do love the pre-tapes. What's well, so, the the tightrope walk? Yep. You know, it really is. I also love really good improv comedians. I don't like a lot of improv, honestly, because I don't think it's very funny. I think they try to be funny. 
uh, as you and Brad have done improv before, it's very hard. That, I know that's what you're saying. We're not ready. No, no, it's, no, no. It's, you it's, can it's, admit it is, I, one of us is, is sitting right here. Very, just to remind very, you, I'm still in the room. Okay, you did very amateur <laughs> improv. It is very hard, isn't it? Not? Well, it's incredibly hard. Yeah, it is. Um, and to be as good at it as Steve Martin and Martin Short are, I mean, just I mean, even the so the people at Second City are are, are genius level compared to Brad and me. Our little chuckle jokes, but even they, you know, don't make it to SNL. Nope. You know, the the idea that you are that good for that long you know yep. and you, do, you never lost it you know that's just incredible so who would you pick then as <sighs> your MVP this was hard for me honestly yeah so this is the first time that I cannot really pick out anybody specifically that, that really stood out um, I, like I I don't really even know that I have one this time I, I don't I don't really Sarah Sherman's dad He's <laughs> my MVP. He prob- that that oh that Brad one- would be so mad at you if he was here too. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Brad, uh, suck a butt. Uh, <laughs> That's was, right. What he's doing. He's came through with that uh, with that baton, and he really sold it. So I'll give it to him. Uh, yeah, I had a hard time with this as well. I kind of did want to get it, give it to the host because I I am such a big fan. But we did it last week. I gave it to Kiki Palmer. I don't want to do it again. And she but she carried every she, she was, was in. so good. And yep. these two did not do that. This no, time. They, even though they I, hit home runs okay, in a couple so stretches. Would you would but, you say who did better? I think Steve uh, or Martin Short. Martin Short for me did was, better. Yeah, much better. Honestly, I don't think they showcased Steve Martin's talent as well, because uh-uh. uh, he didn't come off the funny guy in most of the sketches. Yeah. Honestly, uh, other than the science room thing, he had some funny things in there. But I'd say the yeah, monologue was funny. Maybe Mikey but, Day. He was in a lot of stuff, and he was pretty solid the entire episode. So I, I, you know what, Brad? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll say Mikey Day. Yeah, I think I was going to go either Mikey Day or Cecily Strong, I think, did well as well this, mm, this episode. Fair. But it, it was very evenly kind of yeah. – it was also evenly written. There was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of participation in this episode. Didn't I, see much of the first uh, – the, the new four. No, other than um, uh, there were, I think one or two of them was in the pre-tape for Christmas Carol. Man, that's it though. Uh, Andrew Smukes, what was he in? He, he Well, he's not new. But no, he, I know, but wait, I'm trying to think of some of the, the Santa Claus sketch. Yeah, but the, there wasn't a ton of him either. No, he just he sat was, there and was just that one. Uh, Mom says I can't do this next year. That was the only, was the only line, but the yeah. entire show really. So overall, how would you rate this? Would you rate it as one of the better of the season? Would you? You know, this is probably this is definitely one of the better ones of the season. Um, I, it just it ended with such a, a, yeah. a downside. I just I I didn't love that I came away with the episode going eh. But I, but it's almost like I forgot the first, you know, five sevenths of the show was incredible. It was really funny. So I'd say this is probably right on the uh, not not nearly as good as Kiki Palmer, but still upper tier for sure. Hey, we've got a couple minutes left on the podcast. I want to talk a little bit about an article that was written by uh, EW, um, so Entertainment Weekly. Oh, real quick before you do that, read the statistic about Steve Martin. Was it like fifty six percent? Of all cast members, Steve Martin has interacted. Yeah, with. I forget what it is. It's, it's something literally it's like fifty-six of all cast members. It's fi- sorry, fifty-six percent of all cast members, which means there have been one hundred and like sixty. So that means that he's interacted with like eighty to eighty-four people on the show lifetime. That's nuts. It, it is. It is a ton, and uh, and then also I want to shout out because again I I do get information from them, and I I really love this Twitter page. Uh, it's called the Saturday Night Network. It's at 
the SNL Network is a great uh, Twitter page to follow as it's well. Good resource for they sure. G- they gave us a lot of information that we've we've read, and I just really enjoy interacting with them. But anyway, let's go on to this article real quick for the last couple of minutes that we have. So it was essentially written by Dennis Perkins on EW.com. We can put it in the show notes. Um, there have been over 160 main and featured cast members throughout SNL's illustrious 48 and counting seasons. So that's a lot, 160. I read some at the beginning of the show that were in season 10. And essentially what they do is they go through the top um, 24 or 25, maybe, cast members. I think it was 24. Yeah, 24 cast members. And they go because through Because there's them. 24 hours in a day. <laughs> and then they, they pick. And I thought it'd be fun to go through this and say, okay, do we agree? But also, who on the cast right now do we think is going to join this group here in another couple and of years? And how do they phrase it? Best best cast members ever? Like, best? Um, it, it's who were truly the best of the best. Um, and so... The so, rules for this so ranking. If, if here, the Mount here, Rushmore were twenty-four, the rules for the ranking are relatively straightforward, considering only each performer's time on the show and not anything they did before or after. Okay, so that's that. Sure. That is important. No, that's, that's big because we've had some cast members, Robert Downey Jr. again, exactly. That did not is not a top 100%. twenty-five cast. He's member. not even a top hundred. Um, and so, so uh, Martin Short has had a wonderful comedy year. I don't think I'd include him in the top 25, nope. probably. Billy Crystal, the nope. same thing. Yep. Harry Shearer. Um, but Tina Fey, you would. Okay, so let's move on. All right, number 24, they've got Chris Parnell, um, who is on for eight seasons. Uh, number 23, Jason Sudeikis. Number 22, A.D. Bryant. Number 21, Fred Armisen. Uh, is there anything Fred Armisen did that you I I remember the Californians? I mean, I use meal. Yeah, the, I, I, I love Fred Armisen, so I'm not well, arguing he, against he, it. So the, I uh, so far, what I can tell in this list, just right off the bat, yeah. long, longevity clearly matters. Yep, because Chris Parnell was on what for eight seasons. Uh, Fred Armisen was on for eight or nine, maybe. Yeah. Parnell was on eight seasons. Jason Sudeikis nine season. Eddie Bryant ten seasons. Yeah. Fred Armisen eleven seasons. So I can. So already they've tell. got a lot of episodes to do some stuff in. I can already tell that if that's what this list is, or maybe this is just the back end of this list. Hey, we're going to fill it out with the longevity people. So let's keep going. Cecily Strong, number twenty. So you've got a cast that's on the cast now sure do you think she is a top 20 cast member of all time keep going because I, I i know i want to because <laughs> yeah. i actually haven't read the list yet and so now yeah. i'm like well who who because i will i i feel hey. like i need more information only because uh if certain people are on the list or yeah. not on the list it's really going to f- color my vision here all right number 19 jan hooks who was on for five seasons uh, I don't honestly remember Jan Hooks that well. Uh, she was on 86 to 91, and that's about when I really started watching ni- early 90s. Sure. Uh, so I don't remember her she very well. She was great. Will Forte, eight seasons. Uh, we love Will Forte here on the 10 to 1. Daryl Hammond, 14 seasons. Adam Sandler, 16. Uh, he was on for five seasons. Back then, though, there was a stretch in the 90s where five seasons was pretty Huge. much all you yeah, did. Yeah, that was, that was the, Six the length seasons of your, felt one season your career. Yeah. Um, so well, because it was, it was almost like the, the, the uh, five seasons in a movie. Yeah. You know, that's what you did. You did five seasons on SNL and then you got your movie. So Adam Sandler's at 16. That seems high to me. Or like low, rather. I mean, like, I feel like almost. Sh- should be a little higher on that I, list. I'm, I'm anxious to see, like, what 15 cast members. I'm sure there are, and it's going to make sense. But Adam Sandler's from me. So uh, let me, because I don't know. Really it's an all time great. I see. So this is going to be tough because uh, you're only supposed to be going off of SNL. Yeah. Therefore, I don't think that Bill Murray is anywhere near this. Yeah. Because they're going to have Bill Murray in the top five. 
uh, which is silly because he's he's on for one year, and then you know he's got he an enormous movie career, and that's the thing that everybody knows him from. We'll see if they have been more. Right, yeah. Or have you already read? It? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't read any. Number fifteen. So above Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg. Okay, yeah, I mean the the lonely. I think it's arguable. Up, yeah, lonely in and of itself. Yeah, you almost want to include them all. They right? have one hundred. Andy pre-tapes. Samberg is nothing without you know the rest You're, of yeah, them. Yeah, you but, know, but they're. But again, yep. yeah. Number fourteen, Maya Rudolph, nine seasons. Yep. Number thirteen, Kristen Wiig, seven seasons. Agree. Number twelve, current castmate. Uh, Keenan Thompson, who's been on for 87 seasons, <laughs> 20 seasons. Uh, number 11, Chris Farley, five seasons. I would put Farley above Adam Sandler. Yes. yes. Um, again, love them both. But number 10, Dana Carvey. Now, I just I said number 10 and I thought Chris Farley's not in the top 10. So and, and honestly, uh, Dana Carvey, I thought would be lower. On the like high, sorry, higher on the list. I, I don't know where would you put Dana better. Curry? Where would better. okay in the top five? Uh, I, 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 Roughly, is, I can't even say it because because <laughs> I, I, I who am I fucking over? <laughs> you know, but no, I think that I think Dana Carvey. There's there's an argument probably when you get down to the top five yeah. of like your Phil. It's going to be really hard. Your Phil Hartman's, your Will Ferrell's, your Eddie Murphy's, but Eddie Murphy again. He saved the show. He was the show. For three, four years, right? So that it, if you just count SNL and what it is as an institution, he deserves to be on that list. Yeah, yeah it, it is. You know, again, that you make a good point of how many cast members came in and in saved the show when everyone said that SNL was done. Exactly. Um, not not one. Oh, which is only not, only which, one. Which adds a whole nother level of stress to Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Oh, so, I, oh, by the way, do it at nineteen years old. Yep. So Dana Carvey was number 10. He was on for seven seasons. Kate McKinnon, uh, number nine, on for 11 seasons. Number eight, John Belushi. He was on for four seasons. Number seven, Dan Aykroyd, on for four seasons. Number six, who have we not put that you think is going to be in there? Will Ferrell is probably really high up there. Will Ferrell is number six. At num, uh, he's been he was on for seven seasons. Tina right. Fey, who? Are, yeah, I'm okay. So we've got five left. Let's see. I'm looking at him right now. All right, who do you think is going to be in that top five? It's probably Chevy Chase, Tina Fey, uh, 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 Phil Hartman, and maybe Bill Murray and Gilda Radner. All right, number five. Gilda Radner, who was on for five seasons. Number four. I don't know if you said this one or not. Bill Hader. I did not say Bill Hader. For eight seasons. Would you put Bill Hader that high? So it it really now depends on who else is going to be left off this list. Number three. Will Ferrell. We already said Will Ferrell. He's number six. Oh, he was? No, no. Go back. Go back. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Will Ferrell's number six. Who's number five? Number five is Gilda Radner. Gotcha. Okay. And number six is Bill Hader. Or number four is Bill Hader. Yep, yep, yep. Number three, four seasons, Bill Murray. He was on for four seasons. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. But honestly. I know, I know. With, this I don't par- know if I with would... the parameters of this list, that's tough because he's a much bigger movie star than he was on SNL. I'm sorry. And I haven't seen every Bill Murray episode of SNL. I've seen a lot of them, but not everyone. I don't know. Um, number two, Phil Hartman. And then Chevy Chase. Uh, he was on one? for eight seasons. Number one, Eddie Murray. Eddie Murphy. On, so Eddie Chevy Murphy Chase not even seasons. on the list. 
Not even on the So, list. okay, so that would speak to, because Chevy Chase was only on for one season, was replaced by Bill Murray. That's where I got confused. But yeah, so Chevy Chase absolutely was a major movie star compared to, but when you think of live from New York, it's Saturday night. Like that. It the, made, the writer also says that they did not accentuate or, or include purposely like people that made their name on SNL as being writers or sure. or weekend updating. No, Eddie Murphy being number one is not a problem for me whatsoever. The man yep. single handedly brought the show back from nothing. He did it at such a young age and he is still uh, linked to that show o- o- overall. Phil Hartman is dead. And that's why I honestly think he's so high on that list. He was the glue for a long time. You don't think you'd, you'd put him that high? I don't. I don't think I would. Number two, I don't think I would. It's hard because he he. I actually I loved Phil Hartman. Uh, so, he was he was on when I first started watching, and he was such a um, enrapturing person for me. Like I I just wanted to watch anything he was in. I'm not disagreeing with the brilliance. I, I just I, think he's top twenty five for being, sure, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. But number two, that's a big. That is. You're gonna tell me that he he means means more to the show or, or is better on the show than what? honestly like. Mike Myers is even on this list, right? Yeah, that is crazy. Mike That's Myers. crazy. He's absolutely a top twenty-five. I can find somebody to get rid of on that list that uh, that that doesn't need to be there compared to to Mike Myers. He he made that show what it was, uh, along with uh, Dana Carvey back in the day. Yeah, Mike Myers had some really good characters too. Really, so good it characters. is that is a little surprising. It's a that, pretty big oversight, honestly. Um, and again, not to take away, I don't know who you cut out, um, and that's tough, right? You start getting that playing that game. Because uh, again, you almost want to see okay, who's but you're going to say Chris, I'm sorry, 30. Chris Parnell instead of Mike that, Myers. That's a that's the that's weird. Yeah, let me uh, again. Um, again, Fred Armisen, love Fred Armisen, yeah, but Mike Myers. Uh, so you got Chris Parnell at 24. You got Jason Sudeikis at 23. I like Jason Sudeikis a lot. I don't like him more than Mike love Myers. Love Ted Lasso. Yeah, but what did Jason Sudeikis do other than uh, the the where he's dancing? He was the straight man. On every episode. That's what I'm saying. Like, so he's like, the Mikey Day now, the Taron Killam. Yeah. So what did he really do that you remember? Not much. I mean, and that's such a slam. That should because we love Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, of course we do. But but I can I can still point out a bunch of stuff that a bunch of these people did. I can even point out a bunch of stuff that Chris Parnell did. So would you then going back? We, they had Cecily Strong at 20. Would you include Cecily Strong in the top 25? I don't think so. I think Kate McKinnon deserves that spot all day long in the top 25. I think Keenan from the current cast does as well. But I think they're probably the only two of the late model. Where would you SNL. put Pete Davidson? <laughs> well, he didn't re- revitalize the show at 19 like Eddie Murphy did. But, you know, two, three, I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, so <laughs> would you place A.D. Bryant or Cecily Strong in the list? Ooh. I think that I think you got to give it to Cecily Strong over A.D. Bryant. So both of those, though, probably you would find other people to put yeah, in there. I would. All right. So let's let's think about this current cast. Sure. We've got obviously Keenan's on this list already. Cecily's on this list already. Is there anybody there that you can think of that might probably make this list in another ten years or something? Do you think somebody like Sarah Sherman? Sarah Sherman. I mean, she's such a unique voice that that she's at the biggest shot because she's making the biggest waves yep. right now. Bowen Yang could could potentially it's, it's hard for me not to include Bowen Yang because he's he is so good. So good. Um he he kind of again in a in a way is like a Phil Hartman in that 
he is enrapturing for me. When uh, when he is in sketches, I just focus on him because I know when he will do something funny. When you watch SNL right now, and and the 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 people start to walk out on into the sketch, right, or it yep. opens, and you see Bo and Yang, yep, you your head automatically goes, oh, this is probably going to be a good sketch, yep, and that is a rare quality, yep. So he had that. Phil Hartman obviously had that, uh, or the ability to save a sketch like Keenan Bone has that as well. Yep. So that's what's going to make him an all timer. I don't know if he's Sarah Sherman's a generational talent. I don't know. You think she's going to be that big? I, re- I mean, man, I hope so. I, I I have just seen nothing but up here. Every the only thing single I think thing that she that does would stop is, her is leaving early yeah. to where because again yeah. she might have some opportunities. I am just early. so impressed with what she's done. I I just. If I ever said anything, I'm gonna have to listen back to these first couple episodes of our show this year and say like, yeah, I don't know, maybe the ten to one stuff's a little, little, little too much, too early. I mean, if, fuck if, you, Ben. If listeners want to be like, hey, you hypocrites, you're, yeah, you're, no, yeah, we are, not, you're we are, wrong. I, 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 now Ben is correct. You old Ben is wrong. Like, she is incredible. So I, I would really hope to see her on that list. Um, but yeah, no, that's, a, I mean, that's a pretty solid, I, the, the Mike Myers thing was very surprising because he, again, so many characters, so many good sketches. Do you think there is a case for Tina Fey? Because she was also a performer, right? She did- uh, um, uh, Weekend Update. She did Weekend Update, but she also did, um, what's her face? Uh, the Alaska governor, Al- sure, Sarah Palin. I can see, well, the, 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 that's probably just one of those that just didn't, didn't meet the parameters of his of his qualifications. More of a writer than than a performer. What about Kristen Wiig? Is she too low on there? Because, you know, for years, she carried SNL. Yeah, she, her and, and Dana Carvey are, are neck and neck for me as far as placement on that list. I couldn't tell you who should be higher. They're, they're both- all timers for sure. It probably both in my top ten. I mean, my God. What about Tracy Morgan? <sighs> no, I don't. I don't see him in the top twenty-five. John Lovitz. No. Jimmy Fallon. No. Chris Rock. No. Molly. Shan- people don't. People forget that back in the day, Chris Rock was an, a very amateur, subpar performer on SNL. He he didn't do. He was only, also only gone for three seasons. He didn't do much had- when he was on. It, it so just, he took off as a stand-up, obviously, and became one of the voices of a make generation. Make an argument for me that Fred Armisen is better than Molly Shannon. See, I can't. I see that's the thing. I don't think that I can. I think Molly Shannon should be on the list uh, co- compared to like a Chris Parnell or, um, or Fred Armisen or even an Aidy Bryant. Like Molly Shannon was again, and it's not just because these they had Mary Catherine Gallagher. She had, she had bits that she did, characters that she did, but she was in so many sketches that just completely made me laugh uh, out loud and just reliable. You know? Sherry O'Terry? No. What about? Do you think young uh, people that are pretty fresh off the show now? I'm thinking of people like Leslie Jones, Beck Bennett. Uh, Kyle Mooney, do you think they're going to increase, you know? No. I mean, they, Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney kind of came as a package deal. Um, I, in my, in a lot of people's minds, mine, mine included, I just don't think that they're ever, you know, Taron Killam was very, very good. I don't know. I, he might be in the top 50. What about this? Could you make an argument for Vanessa Bear in the top 25? I would. I couldn't, but I would love to. I mean, I loved her. Yeah, because I honestly, you think of a... I can't make an argument over Fred Armisen over Vanessa Bear. No. No, I can. Fred Armisen should be on that list compared to Vanessa Bear. I don't know if I can. I I, I see them both very similarly. So uh, Fred Armisen, it, it, 
being on I, for so long, obviously, but he did so many Weekend Update characters. He did so, yeah. he was in Vanessa, so many. I would put Vanessa Barrow over Jason Sudeikis. I would too. Uh, yeah, that's that's solid. Um, I I just was Daryl Hammond on there? Yeah, he was. And uh, see, that's again. There's a guy, right? That longevity absolutely seals the deal. Like he just did it for so long. I don't ever look at him like the glue that's. Yeah, the, the, he, he did pretty good impressions. I, I don't know. I'm not a huge Daryl Hammond guy. I, I really don't put him super high on my personal list. But so. because of his uh, workload, yeah. yeah. Uh, Norm, what his about at, his at bats? What about Norm McDonald? No, no, he's just a weekend update guy. He also did uh, a couple sketches. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. He was Burt Reynolds. Fine. <laughs> he, Norm, Norm Dunn didn't give a shit about the show whatsoever. He was just a guy that was on it. You know, a lot of people place uh, John Lovitz a lot higher. People are very nostalgic for John yeah. Lovitz. He, he was fine. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Again, we'll put this list in uh, our, our show notes and things like that. I'd love to hear from you what you guys think. Is there somebody there that you would include uh, in your list that is in the top 24 that isn't, you know, again, is there somebody on the cast now as well that you would, that you think should be on this list in the next couple of years? I would love to expand that list to a top 50 and just see who we would struggle to, like Rachel Dratch to me is hilarious, right? She is so funny. Uh, I don't know that she would be in the top 50 though, like, but she, and she's hilarious. That's a tough one. It's hard for me to not put Will Ferrell in the top five. It he, is. He is for me on a Mount Rushmore. Yeah. But I also know there's recency bias. They, these are, I have a hard time for me not including the people that made me laugh the most. Sure. Um, I went back and laughed at Dan Aykroyd. I went back and laughed at John Belushi. But after I'd already laughed at these other characters, uh, because they were the ones that formed me. They're the ones that introduced sure. me to SNL. And so, um, you know, again. Who are we missing from like, the 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 Will Ferrell into like the Will Forte era, like the 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 two thousand and eight to two thousand and fifteen, like Sudeikis and Hater were in there, but who are there? I feel like we're missing a couple like really really big people. Yeah, I don't know, but again, you're right. I feel there's, like there's some holes there that I'm just not seeing. I don't I don't know. That's so strange to me. That I mean, I you've got a couple people like uh, that that. I think could have been bigger. Uh, we've talked about this before. I think Chris Red was right on the, the oh, pre- like he, he should was not have right tried to, on the cusp of being just shouldn't a have big slept cast with member. wife or something. <laughs> I still be on the show. Uh, but there was a lot of people though there, like again that we loved um, that didn't necessarily, you know, the Beck Bennett's of this world that we laughed at. But I don't know if they've got an eight year Beck Bennett has an eight year career of solid comedy, right. a solid writer as well. But probably doesn't. What about Bobby Moynihan? I love Bobby Moynihan. I love. I don't know if I don't think he's in the top twenty-five though. Yeah, I don't know if he's in the top. Taron Killam though, that you could make a case for him maybe over uh, Chris Parnell. Did you like Taron Killam? I did. I really did. I thought he was extreme. He was like Beck Bennett and Mikey Day combined. Like he just had the straight man qualities, but also enough of like the weekend updates of the Jebediah. I'll I'll name some other again for our listeners uh, to to kind of. Remind you of some of these other ones, Chris Kattan. So Kattan was was fine. I put him on the same level as Sherry O'Terry, though. Now Brad's favorite. Uh, I know Brad would put this in his Mount Rushmore. Is Jim <laughs> Brewer, uh, <laughs> Goat Boy. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Janine Garofalo was only on for one season. Um, but these are the, you know, there's a lot of people that were only on for a season or two that you forget. You know, it's hard to also talk about SNL without some of the writers, some of the people that, you know, SNL in the 90s was hard for me to not include greatest of all time, Robert Smigel, but sure. he was only a writer. Exactly. Right? Or he, well, uh, he did the voice of Ace and Gary or something yep. like that. Uh, did we talk about David Spade? No, no, that was Steve Carell and Steve Colbert. Uh, uh, David, oh yeah, see David Spade. There's another one, right? Where does he fit on the on the on the pantheon? Kevin Nealon. Weekend update is pretty much. All yeah, I, remember I mean he from. did some sketch stuff, but like, here and there, you but know. Yeah. But he was more known background for player. Uh, yeah, I mean looking through here, and I, there's not a ton that I can think of that um, you know we haven't talked about. I mean, obviously, like there there are people there that are famous: Robert Downey Jr., uh, Joan Cusack, Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Randy Quaid uh, for one season, right? They were there for one season, but they're not, you know. And then you're gonna have your you're gonna have your people that were there for more than one season, but but never went anyway. Ellen Cleghorn, your Anna Gasteyer, Jay Farrell, Jay Farrell, you know, uh, uh, Nassim Pedrad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a big crush on Nassim Pedrad, by the way. Uh, she's hilarious. She's so funny. Uh, Jenny Slate. Yeah, Jenny Slate. But Jenny Slate was only there for each season. Casey Wilson. Oh yeah, I forgot Casey Wilson. Jeff Richardson um, was on Mad TV and SNL. Uh, your favorite, Brooks Whelan. <laughs> the butter and the butter. Oh, the I, you know what? Shasir Zamata. Yeah, uh, Zamata. 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 <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's all right. So again, dumb. we want to hear from you guys. This is a list we'll put in the show notes. So, um, the long story short, Mike Myers definitely is in the top twenty-five. Should be in there. I don't know who to get rid of necessarily, but you could probably chop off any of the last five and put definitely him in. better than Fred Armisen. I love Fred Armisen. So what is going on with you? No, no, this is like the nineteenth time you brought him up specifically. <laughs> I don't know what Fred Armisen did. He was a terrible. He was great. He killed my mother. He's a he's a great guy. Uh, no, I that that is, I have come off Fred. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I love Fred Armisen so much. I really do. And I've I've been very harsh on you tonight, and I'm so sorry. I would say take off Eddie Bryant, put on Mike Myers. Why do you have what do you have against Eddie Bryant? I just think Why that, do you not like I Eddie think Bryant? that Cecily Strong and Kate McKinnon represent that era a lot better than Eddie as far as she came into her own like in the last season she was there. No, she was she Be- was there before, before that. Before that though, you look, look, check the tape. Before that, not not as prolific as you would think. All right. Where's Heidi Gardner going to fit in? Number one in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on uh, We're the 10 to 1 Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, And listen to our other podcasts as well. Go Flix Yourself. We try to put a new episode of that up every week and then a new episode of the 10 to 1 Podcast uh, whenever there's a new episode of SNL. Which will uh, be next week. With we've got one more. Uh, huh? Austin, Butler <laughs> Austin Butler and Lizzo. And Lizzo will be here next week. So we got one more episode this year, our final episode this year. Uh, we'll probably talk about our favorite episodes of the season so far, do a little bit of a, a recap of the first uh, nine episodes. Uh, but we love hearing from you. Again, uh, thanks so much for commenting on our stuff. Thanks for helping this podcast grow. Please share it and help other people hear it as well. If you know anybody that loves SNL, uh, we'd love to grow the community. All right. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Keep listening to the 10 to 1. 